Welcome to Bougie Boo, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm Cam. I'm David. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. So how are you doing today, Boo? I'm doing great because, you know, we winding down um, the semester at our institution, our workplace at the university. The Lord. (laughs) (laughs) and you know i like this time of the season because it's the holiday season Mm -hmm. and things really slow down at the university and we're able to catch up on things that we've been working on for the semester prep for the new semester but with that being said we i just finished up an event at my in my office which we call tutoring after dark so what that is for you out there listening and our fellow educators um at our university, I've taken the liberty of keeping our tutoring center open late at night uh, after hours, the week before finals. Our mm-hmm. poor students are stressed out. <laughs> so we try to give them a few, uh, another lifeline, if you will. And uh, we keep our center open to 10 or 11, depending on what the consensus is at the time. Or I say consensus, but really what my feelings are. <laughs> I'm the one who has to sit there and You're like, if I'm tired, we're going to close at 10 tonight. Sorry, can't say till 11. <laughs> well, what ends up happening is because if I close at 10, all the cleanup leaves me there till 11. So if I close at 11, you cleanup keeps me there till midnight. Till midnight. Yeah. Uh, which I don't mind. It's for the students. Hashtag for the students. Hashtag for the students. The things we go through <laughs> for but, our students to be happy. Definitely. Yeah. But the event went well. I mean, it was our first one post-pandemic and pre-pandemic, it was a really popular event. We would have like 40 students a night uh, and we would do that like on a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, the week before finals. We did the same thing and we provide snacks, play music, refreshments, um, more relaxed atmosphere so they can chat and study at the same time. And I just keep feeding them endless supplies of snacks and <laughs> Well, I was going to say, what what kind of snacks did you have this time around? Well, you know, I've uh, doing this for as long as I have. Well, I say long, but a few a few times now, like a couple years, um, I've learned that they like anything spicy or hot chips related. You know, your your hot hot Cheetos Cheetos, nacho cheese sauce, (laughs) (laughs) or they love the the flaming hot funyuns. Okay, I I see it. What about Takis? Are they, are students still into that? I haven't tried the Takis, so I don't know. But mm-hmm. I'm sure as long as they're spicy and hot, they would take them. <laughs> and then another thing that, you know, the thing actually that goes first, and I it, it surprised me, are the packaged nuts, like almonds, peanuts, and cashews. Mm-hmm. But the cashews fly out within minutes after I put them out. I can see it because, yeah. I mean, you know, healthier, a little bit on the healthier side and I mean, nuts make you full. So. Yeah, well, and cashews are creamy and delicious compared to almonds and peanuts. Yeah. But the poor peanut packages stay there all night until someone's like, I guess I'll take peanuts. Why they hate no peanuts? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're like, I'm not an elephant. I'm not eating no peanuts. <laughs> but yeah, the students love, um, they tend to gear, uh, uh, gear themselves towards anything more healthy or mm-hmm. spicy. So, okay. Um, and because I've, tried things like I tried interesting things this time like donuts like mini donuts and they didn't really eat those 
Uh, they didn't try any of the fruit gummies. They only, only had a few of those. And so the other thing that I did do because I'm Asian is I do supply Asian snacks and they do snatch those up too. Like, I don't know, Boo, have you seen the little um, panda snacks? They're like- Is it like little crackers or? They're like round little cookie crackers and they have little, they're filled with chocolate. I think I've seen those, yeah. So they snatch those up and they also like the Pocky sticks. I know what those, those are with the red, it's in the red box. My yeah, niece likes those. <laughs> <laughs> the, the originals are dipped in chocolate, but then we had cookies and cream versions, strawberry versions. And it's funny because a lot of non-Asian students who try them, it's their first time and they'll tell me, these are fire. These are amazing. I'm like, yeah, we Asians have already known that. But <laughs> <laughs> That's why we've been buying these. Okay. But no, I appreciate that I can expose um, other students to those snacks that they've never had before. And I also have provide some snacks that are like uh, Hispanic related. Um, there's specific nuts that are from Mexico that I buy packages of uh, uh, for our Hispanic students and anyone else to try, but they, you know, they do like those flavors like limon or chili and all mm -hmm. the flavors. And so I try to offer a variety of snacks for the different tastes and different students that come in. Mm -hmm. Well, that's but good. You're appealing to everyone or trying as much <laughs> To be appealing to everyone so now i just uh you know with trial and error i figured out what works and what doesn't work <laughs> see me i'll be like where are the wings we got pizza <laughs> <laughs> i would love to provide food food but that would be a mess with the students and it would be really costly yeah i was going to say budget wise and we all understand working in edu public education <laughs> Uh-huh. And I would love to, I, I mean, I, I need to keep my facilities clean. You know, those students are little savages. They're already messy with the snacks. <laughs> I do not want any buffalo sauce on these nice walls. Exactly. I went to the paint store. Oh, that's it. right. You went with me, boo. I it's history there. <laughs> oh. But another nice thing about the uh, the end of the semester is well, it's not, it's not nice losing tutors, but my, some of my tutors are graduating, but then they get sentimental and they give, either give me little gifts or tell me wonderful things. And, you know, I, I never get tired of it, but I continuously get told that I am the best boss they either will have or have had. And it's really rewarding to me for them to tell me that because I try to create an environment that they enjoy coming to and working in and where they feel like they can be productive, not only for themselves, but for the students that they serve. Mm -hmm. So for them to tell me that they'll never have another boss like me, or they do, if they've had other jobs or working prior to my job or with alongside my job, and they'll tell me that I'm just the best boss. That's just, uh, again, rewarding for me. You're like, thank you. So, <laughs> and I get that too. Once my students graduate and move on, they're like, Cam, can we follow you on social media? <laughs> We're leaving campus. We're not going to see you. And please, I'm like, oh, there's been a few who I let follow me. You know who you are. Shout out to you. I've been but, in that position as well. Yeah, but it's it's awkward, right? Because you don't want to have all of these students like following. It's, you have to keep a keep it separate, right? Your professional life versus your personal life. So. Well, fortunately, I've got the, the work account and I'm like, let's just follow each other there <laughs> and I'll track your progress in life through that. <laughs> What's funny is years ago, like when social media was just coming on the scene, uh -huh. you know, you're like, I want to follow everybody, follow, follow, accept, accept. 
and then slowly but surely you kind of start blocking people right or not accepting for I have ignored so many friend requests because I'm like why why do you want to follow me you know people have ulterior motives so I'm very selective I mean that kind of sounds mean but I think everybody is that way when it comes to you know their professional colleagues trying to follow them on their personal social media yeah, there has to be a line. Like, yeah. you know, not that I use Facebook very much, but when, you know, our colleagues are older and they do tend to use Facebook. <laughs> and uh, I have a ton of requests sitting in my inbox from them. <laughs> I, of course, I accepted you, boo, right away. But like, <laughs> uh, I, like, if you look at my inbox, it's just a lot of uh, people from our school who friend requested me. I'm like, no. No, <laughs> it's not happening. You know, my LinkedIn is that way too. I'm like, I'm not even that active on LinkedIn uh, and it, I get so many requests on LinkedIn and I just look at it. I'm just like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it gets to be exhausting after a while, like too many social media accounts. And I actually told myself I'm trying to um, shy away a little bit from too much social media exposure. Yeah. So it can be, that it, it's helpful, but it can be detrimental too. So, For but sure. sorry, yeah, going off on that little tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no I mean the, the, the whole point is like things have wound down and it's really nice I like the atmosphere during the holidays at our university because we can um, reset and renew ourselves mm-hmm. you know and get ready for the new year and the new semester but you know given that it's so relaxed you know we can be less formal <laughs> which I was just explaining to you Vu, right before we started recording so today um, I have a gray sweater dress on I have some leggings under the sweater dress and I had these cute platform boots right I would uh, say I would estimate three to four inches platform and then the heel is like three to four inches whatever I was able to walk from the parking lot to my office with them right okay but because I know myself I was like let me <laughs> just throw these Uggs in this bag real quick <laughs> And I had to quickly change. <laughs> and because it's so relaxed, you could. I mean, hey, nothing is really going on. So it's like you said, it's holiday season, time is winding down. And and because of that, um, I actually, me and my colleague, we were able to take some donuts to the mail guys today up to the mail room. And so oh, they were nice. they were so happy. Shout out to them. I'm not gonna say their names to put them on blast, but <laughs> Um, they just really appreciate it because oftentimes jobs like that, they can go unnoticed and underappreciated. But honestly, like without them, how would we ever get anything delivered to our officers without mail and the shipping and receiving guys? So, and I've been knowing one of our mail guys now ever since I've been on campus. So (laughs) history there. (laughs) So, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they appreciated that. Any chance to eat is great. And <laughs> so that leads me into talking about a restaurant experience I recently had. Oh, please do share. <laughs> please do share. So I went to Dama Fashion District Restaurant and Bar in DTLA, downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, the chef and owner um, is Antonia Lafaso, who some of you may recognize. She, she was a former Top Chef contestant. And she's a judge on a lot of Food Network TV shows, but she's got three restaurants that I think I know of in the LA area. So we went to Dama and it was an interesting environment like that she recreated like a, 
a Latin inspired tropical theme for the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So when you sit there, not that I've ever been there, but based what I've seen on TV or movies, it felt like I was sitting in Florida or Cuba. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. So it had a really nice, relaxed, tropical vibe to it. Mm -hmm. and um and the menu is just as such those types of flavors those latin tropical flavors and you know when you first sit down and you look at the drink menu i'm not a big drinker but there were a lot of very appealing cocktails <laughs> and for la her price her cocktails are priced nicely they're between 14 and 20 dollars because okay. a lot of the standard price in la these days is like 18 and up yeah so that's pretty but, reasonable yeah yeah. So I had a passion fruit margarita. That sounds good. Yeah, it was really delicious, actually. It was um, sweet but savory. It had tequila, citrus, agave. It was $16 for that. And But, you know, the thing that I, I didn't follow up on this with the bartender or the waiter, because when they took the order, they said, oh, would you like a salt rim or a tahine rim? Ooh. Right? Okay, and so you have so that sweet, spicy going on. So sweet, salty, and spicy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But so I said, yeah, let's, let's do the tahine because you don't get that offered too often. Yeah. Why did it come with no salt or tahine on the rim? But Maybe I was just like, look, mm. I'm not going to pursue this whole, I, I wasn't so like, I didn't have to have it. But it was just like, why are you offering me something that you didn't give me anyway? <laughs> but the drink person itself was, was overwhelmed delicious. that day. Yeah, it started getting busy. They do get busy. Yeah. yeah. Because if you go earlier uh, in the, our reservation was around 645 or something. Uh -huh. And it was, uh, that's right around the time it starts picking up. And then even after sitting there for half hour, the restaurant was popping. So. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, like I said, I wasn't going to stress about not getting tahini or salt <laughs> on the rim. Uh, but because the drink itself was delicious. So then the restaurant divides their menu up into... Did you get to drink on the rocks or was it blended? It was on the rocks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I, I am more of a blended margarita person. Uh -huh. I, I don't know. I feel like it lasts longer when it's blended. <laughs> yeah, I would have to concur because, you know, you, it's especially when a drink is kind of sweet and delicious, you kind of drink that up a little quickly. You know? <laughs> it's, like right up. it's not Kool-Aid. Watch out. <laughs> Wait a minute now. Is that a microaggression, boo? Definitely not towards you. <laughs> I just love me. I love fruit flavored drinks. And so whenever something is like passion fruit, uh, yeah. especially, I, I understand how one could drink quickly. Yeah. Because it tastes so say, good and you just want yeah. more and more. But um, yeah, so we, the menu is div divided into two formats. Well, there's small plates and large plates. Mm-hmm. But there are a ton of small plates and only like four large plates. <laughs> I noticed because I'm looking at their menu right now. So if you look at it, it's a lot to go through when you're looking at the small plates. But and it's really hit and miss. So you really have to ask your waiter questions because yeah. some of the dishes, you know, it's like appetizers where they put three on the plate or mm -hmm. under the small plates. Or there might be some of them are actually big enough where they almost look like entrees. Mm. So you kind of have to ask, how is this served? Right. But you know what I'm I'm gonna ask, Boo. What you gonna ask? <laughs> well, I think I know what appetizers you got, uh -huh. or maybe you thought about getting. Okay. Did you? Get... <laughs> I, I know. I know you're looking at. I, I know. I know what you're looking at. Did you get the oxtail tostada? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> because I know my Boo. 
<laughs> okay. When, when you started giving me that look, I was like, oh, she sees the oxtail on there. <laughs> but uh, so I'll talk about that first since we on that tip now. <laughs> but um, honestly, it's really tiny. It, you'll see on the menu, it's $7. That's mm -hmm. because if you want one, they're tiny. So you have to order multiple. Mm. But I only wanted one just to taste the flavor. Um, and it was a good tostada with an okay. ample amount of oxtail meat on it. Okay. However, <laughs> I felt like it tasted like a, a barbacoa from Chipotle. Oh. You know what I mean? So there was nothing. It's not like it was on an oxtail stew or anything and where it was yeah. distinctly oxtail. You're like, um, are you sure this is oxtail? You it's an oxtail blend. <laughs> But you know, it was is it was a nice little bite, but for seven dollars, I don't know. <laughs> well, and that's the thing that I noticed under the small plates category because the pricing is it's like all over the place for the pricing yeah. for small plates. And I'm like, okay, so I see the axel tostada seven dollars, but then I also see a plate that's thirty-two forty-five dollars under yeah. the small plate. So it's like, what what are we doing here? Yeah. Well, and that's why, like I said, you have to either ask the server questions and or more importantly, pro tip for those of you going to restaurants uh, in general, use Yelp or some kind of online resource and get people's reviews or pictures at the very least so that you know what to expect when you go to the restaurant, because that's what I did, too. And I that's why I already knew what the oxtail tostada looked like beforehand. It was small. That's why it was seven dollars. And that's why you would have to order multiples if you wanted more mm -hmm. <laughs> but so what else did we try we tried the crispy potatoes and the way to recommend them to a lot of tables and the crispy potatoes were good when you could find them <laughs> what do you mean I found, they were buried in something well or? that's the thing i found because if you look if on the menu it says crispy potato but then it says along with brussels sprouts spicy mayo basil parsley chimichurri I felt like it was 75% Brussels sprouts and crispy potato potatoes were buried underneath the Brussels sprouts. So mm. it's like, why call it crispy potato? Yeah, you should call it like potato on Brussels sprouts or something. So when you found the potato, you're like, I struck gold. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good dish. It's just that I, it was kind of misleading in the sense that I thought it was going to be a bowl of potatoes, but it really was a bowl of Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And so just, I, I, I don't want to be uncouth and give prices, but just so our listeners know and have an idea of this concept, but it's $17 for the potatoes, a small little bowl of them. And then agua chile is what we also had. It was $23 and it was campachi, which is basically um, raw fish uh, marinated in citrus, but with red pearl, onion, radish, lime, cilantro, chive, cucumber. And one thing I can say about Dama is they do not lack in flavor. Like everything's flavored and seasoned very well. Mm -hmm. um, the only downside is if you look at the menu, a lot of the flavors are repetitive. Yeah. Um, and I can but, see, I mean, maybe like for the kitchen, that's easier for them, right? Because every dish uses like the same flavors. It's just yeah. prepared differently or played it differently. So. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the flavor of the region that she's trying to portray, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then clam toast is something that uh, a friend of mine ordered and it was $21, but it was actually an ample serving of clam toast. And on top of the toast was some clam, chorizo, chili flake, uh, Spanish cider, basil oil, watercress, and, and 
additional things. And uh, you know, saffron aioli. <laughs> <laughs> See, saffron, I was like, ooh, but then I heard aioli, I was like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, the dish ended up being really pleasant. I really enjoyed that one. Um, it's very, if you're not into seafood or clam, especially, uh, you won't like it because it's very clam forward in the flavor. Mm-hmm. But it was actually quite nice. And then I ordered the lamb chops for the table, but no one wanted them. So I ended up eating most of the lamb chops myself. Oh, well, I mean, that's not a problem because lamb chops are delicious. Well, uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> but the thing is, they're, they're, they gave, uh, it's $30. And you're thinking, well, it's, since it's on small plates, it must be small. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a big serving of lamb chops. There's like five or six lamb lollipops in that dish. Oh, okay. For thirty dollars, I, I think it was. Uh, well, that's worth really it. reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. It almost was, was a full, like $6? full large oh, meal. Yeah. Six dollars a pop. <laughs> <laughs> and then the what else did we have? The croquettes. Mm-hmm. They're little fried. Um, dough balls basically. were they were they salmon or salmon well they had, they had chicken uh bechamel sauce and lime and oh, okay. they were it's almost like when you ate it you bit into that crunchy texture and then on the inside it was almost like chicken pot pie on the inside and it was actually oozy and melty in your mouth it was good yeah different different take on a croquette i mean yeah. the salmon croquettes but that sounds delicious anything they with served a good... four of those for 16 and they were tiny though uh... <laughs> Four dollars a croquette. Okay, yes. <laughs> so, basically. but anything with a good bechamel sauce is kind of yeah. you can't go wrong. Dowson sauce. And then, uh, well, the, the bechamel was inside the croquette, the fried. The, oh, the, yeah, so it was like a lava, lava. Croquette. Yeah, when you bit into it, it was all exploding in your mouth. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. <laughs> well, Pause. yeah, you shouldn't bite into those things though. That that's. It could harm people. Uh, <laughs> we might need medical attention after that. <laughs> um, and then we did have one large plate, which was the crispy pork shank. And it came, it was a giant pork shank in the center of the plate, and it was surrounded by vegetables, lettuce cups, um, tortillas, and things that you can make uh, wraps with. Uh-huh. Uh, you just pulled the pork shank off the bone and it was so soft and tender it just came right off and so you can make your own little lettuce wrap or tortilla uh, or what do they call that <laughs> a burrito or burrito, taco yeah mm-hmm. um, so yeah that, so that was actually quite nice and uh, again flavored very well seasoned uh, and then for dessert we tried a couple desserts there was a churro, churro. <laughs> <laughs> the churro blondie sundae and that was $19. Oh, the pork shank was $39 because it was a large one. Uh, but the Choro Blondie Sunday had vanilla Strauss soft serve ice cream. They, you know, put a, well, they want to put a special name to it. And then it had uh, Araquipe, which is basically the Colombian version of Dulce de Leche. And then cinnamon, sugar, and then Banuelos crumble. With, and Banuelos is like a fried donut, so they just crumbled some on, on the Sunday. And actually, actually, yeah, it was actually quite nice. <laughs> it was it was the the blondie itself because it was a soft serve ice cream sitting on top of a blondie, uh, which is kind of like a brownie, mm-hmm. um, brownie cookie. It was kind of dense, but the blondie itself was a little sweet for me. I'm sure for the average person, it's fine. And then the the flavors were all very nice. The ice cream with the 
dulce de leche flavors and things like that. So I would recommend that dessert, $19. The peanut butter and jelly cookie is another thing we tried. It was $4.50 per cookie. And so I thought, are these going to be small little cookies? But actually, it was a big, big cookie. (laughs) It's like a cookie sandwich. Okay. But the thing I didn't like was the cookies themselves were kind of really dense and hard. Oh, and so, no. like when we tried to cut into it with a knife, it was hard to cut because we're flying off the table. <laughs> well, because if you have a dense cookie, you want it to be soft so you can neatly cut it, yes. right? And it won't be all messy. Uh, and then the, they it comes with they make fresh strawberry jam, and it was very jammy. <laughs> it was it was a very intense, tart but sweet flavor to the jam. Um, but you know, it was peanut butter and jam cookie. Uh, but I don't think it's worth it for those of you who are interested in it. Uh, I just didn't find it appealing at the yeah, end of the day. Definitely sounds like the churro blondie Sunday was better. Yeah, there's some other yeah. options too. I mean, uh, to, when you look at their menu. Uh, so that's that was my trip to Dama. Overall, I would recommend it as, uh, even though it's it's pricier, I, I look at it as more as a casual dining spot to just chill out with your friends. Yeah. I, I wouldn't take anyone there to say, oh, I'm going to impress them with a nice, you know, fancy meal. Uh, but it's very pleasant. Well, because they have, like I said, the menu, the prices of the menu are so like extreme, like affordable and then kind of like higher end prices, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I think the menu appeals to everyone's budget. Well, I, it depends what you're going to, because, you know, the serving sizes are different and mm-hmm. essentially you're going to leave for two people I th- and without, with drinks, you might leave with like a $300 bill. Yeah. You know? Which but, 150 each Yeah, for a good experience and good food. I don't think that's too much. <laughs> it depends on each person. Cause sometimes, you know, I tell people at work about our experiences or my experiences and they're like, huh, you spent <laughs> what on that? priorities are different experiences and priorities are different (laughs) you know after a meal like that i was looking forward to go home and watching some more christmas movies (laughs) (laughs) well how could you not it's perfect right like you eat and now you have to go and relax yeah christmas movies for dessert number two (laughs) there you go (laughs) but um you know, it's funny because I last time in the last episode, I was throwing shade at Lifetime Christmas movies because uh-huh. I called them the Hydrox cookies <laughs> of Christmas movies. But I ended up watching a couple of Lifetime ones because the main leads were very appealing to me. And I ended up enjoying them quite a bit. So the first one was A Christmas Spark with Jane Seymour. And, and people, yeah, people might know her as Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she looks amazing for 71 years old. That's how old she I didn't know she was yeah. in her 70s. Wow, okay. And so basically what the movie is about is she plays Molly, who's the widow, a widow, and she's going to spend her first Christmas alone without her husband, who passed away. And she was looking forward to having her daughter and her daughter's family coming to come for Christmas so that they can do their traditions. But her daughter's uh, husband got a job and they couldn't move, or couldn't come to her for uh, Christmas. So they had her mom, uh, Jane Seymour, go to the daughter's house for Christmas in, in New Hampshire. And then she ended up getting suckered into directing the, to- the town's Christmas pageant. And through that, well, she had met the lead 
actor earlier in the at the airport but then she met him again at the pageant and he played uh, uh joe lando is the actor who played the character hank and you know they ended up falling for each other oh, and a nice christmas cool, love story yeah well I mean, <laughs> there's different layers to this because one it's a christmas love story with more mature people because she's 71 and he's 61 yeah so it's like you know mature love this movie is showing hey if you're in your 60s and 70s you still can find love you yeah, don't have to be alone you can, you can find love after your spouse has passed away mm-hmm. and i think if you're a good spouse you want your significant other to move forward in life and not oh, of course yeah be in misery just pining after you and not be with anybody else you know and so, um, and the other thing, the other layer to this is Joe Lando, who plays Hank and Jane Seymour, they starred together in Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. So they were co-stars in that. So there's, there's a reunited. Yeah. It feels so good. Hey. I'm pretty sure somebody sung that on the set. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, because that, that explains why their chemistry was so good. When you watch them, you just feel like, they're two people falling in love and um, and you you root for them and you enjoy seeing them together. So, I, you know, it was just a nice, fun film and to show that oldies can have love too. Yes, <laughs> yes why not? And plus, no one wants to be alone and I mean that companionship, you know, especially for someone who has been married and now they're widowed. I mean, yeah. that could actually lead somebody to an early grave being lonely. You know, yeah. especially after they're used to having a significant other for 50 plus years and now they have no one, you know. Well, you hear those stories about how they passed away within days or weeks of I each know, other. I know, I know. Because they're heartbroken. Like, that's a true love story. <laughs> but, you know, the other thing that was important in that movie was to show that her daughter was supportive of her getting this new romance, you know, to say, you know, you have a life and if you want to feel love, feel love. You know, yeah. That's important. And I think as children of, uh, a person who's widowed I think you should be supportive and not want your parents to be stuck in the past and say you had to love you you only loved mom and dad and you can only love them but no that's not true you know you want your parent to be happy and to have exactly. companionship if that's what the person wants exactly so. <laughs> <laughs> well because some people don't want like get away from me I don't want you near me thank you yeah but you know as but if you're if you're if your mom or dad falls in love with a new person in the context of, you know, their spouse had passed away, you should be happy that they found love again, potentially. Mm-hmm. So just to make sure they're not being used. <laughs> in the world of crazies, I know. Like, we got to do some vetting here. We got to do a questionnaire. <laughs> that, I mean, if I ever am in that position, I'll be like, hold up now. Can we run a background check? <laughs> looking up this person. <laughs> well, you and then the other. Oh, no, yeah, that's definitely true. But the other uh, Lifetime Christmas movie that I watched was The 12 Days of Christmas Eve. And I was attracted to that because Kelsey Grammer is in it. Another one of my, I don't want to say faves, but I like him. Yeah, a reliable actor that, you know, when you see him in things, you're like, it's probably going to be good. Yeah. And it really was, actually. He's a household name. Yeah. Well, so I was like, oh, he did a movie like that? I'm going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's interesting because his movie was kind of like A Christmas Carol meets Groundhog's Day. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, so he put, he's Brian Conway in the movie, who's a successful businessman, and his sole ambition is just to acquire wealth at the expense of relationship with his family and lovers and employees. 
And so he gets into an accident and he dies, but then he basically he meets death who takes the form of Santa Claus because it's the holiday season. And so he strikes up an agreement with Santa. Uh, if he can, he gets 12 chances at Christmas Eve <laughs> to try to make things right in his life so he can live. Uh-huh. And of course he keeps messing up the first few times badly. And then he starts learning from his mistakes, but it takes him all 12 days to get to that point. But by the time he gets to the 12th day, Santa, well, there's a little loophole because it actually it was 11 days, but then uh, Kelsey's character is like, well, technically I have a 12th day because this you didn't count this or that, whatever. You have to listen to the story. But he gets another chance, but Santa's like, I'll give you that 12th day, but only to wrap up everything in your life so that at the end of it, you're going to die. Wow, it's like an emotional roller coaster. You're like, he yeah. died, but he's getting these 12 chances. But Santa's like, you're going to die anyway. Oh my God. But then, you know, Kelsey finally gets it right on the last day. Like, a lot of pressure for Kelsey, too. Well, I mean, blood pressure, his blood pressure probably goes <laughs> up. So he probably is going to die pretty soon because <laughs> really having those, you know, ups and downs, like, I'm going to live, I'm going to die, I'm going to live, I'm going well, to die, you know? And then each day, because it got reset because Kelsey or Brian, the character, died each day. Uh-huh. And so the last time, the, the, the time before the last time, Santa slash death was like, okay, thank goodness this is the last time because I was really running out of ways to kill you. Oh, <laughs> well, and it kind of gives a different character to Santa too, right? Because when you see Santa in movies, it's like, ho, 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 I'm bringing you uh-huh. gifts. I'm eating milk and cookies. But now you have Santa killing people. Yeah, well, that's like... <laughs> Brian says in the movie to some people, he's like, he's not as good as you think he is. <laughs> Actually, the Grim Reaper. <laughs> but you know what's nice about this movie too is the different twists on it. It's not the typical Hallmark or Lifetime movie about two people falling, young people falling in love. It's just, it's a Christmas movie, but with a twist that's like, it's not about love. It's just about appreciating the people in your lives mm-hmm. and appreciating what you have before it's too late, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend that movie to people to watch, especially if you don't like all those lovey-dovey, smushy, smushy. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, movies. I'm goth and I like death. So <laughs> I mean, like, hey. yeah, I, I love, I like death and I like Santa. So why not combine <laughs> them? <laughs> Even though a black Santa Claus suit probably would be kind of cute. Now that I think of it. Well, you know what? The, have you seen Boo the Oreo? I think it's the Oreo commercial. They have a black Santa. Oh, I have not. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Oreo. I was like, okay. They catching up with the time. Go Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I recently went to a place that a Hallmark movie could be shot in. Oh, where'd you go, Boo? I went to Zion National Park. I could totally see that. It, like the backdrops, right? Because yes. it looks like it's fake. It looks like it's, it's a picture, but... Um, and you know, it's called like Christmas at Zion. <laughs> <laughs> we fell in love on top of this hill. <laughs> Two backpackers go into Zion. <laughs> they recently just broke up and then they uh, met each other on the like, trail. Oh, what, what are we writing the script? <laughs> uh, let me know. I will be at the table. <laughs> and we will we will cast POCs into it though. Of course, because you know a lot of POCs are not in Zion. <laughs> I think it was it was me, the person I was with, and I seen one other um, 
POC. Everyone else was, they appeared to be Caucasian. Uh Well, I remember you sending me pics from your trip (laughs) and I'm like, why is she there? Because it was snow all over the place. (laughs) Well, okay. So in Zion, it was not snow, but that was where my hotel was, was in Cedar City, Utah, which is an hour outside of Zion. It was weird to see the the difference in weather because it was really cold in Cedar City, no sun, anything. And then you go to Zion and it's sunny and clear skies. Well, it's great that you had nice weather for Zion, though. Yeah, no, it was very beautiful. So um, I was invited on a road trip, and it was to Zion National Park. It's always nice to get away. I've talked about getting away to, like, beach cities and things like that. And my boo knows that I love to travel. So this was actually my second visit to Zion. My first visit was on a family road trip, like, over 10 years ago. Okay, it's been a while. It's been a while, and which was interesting is that trip was actually to Bryce Canyon in Utah. Oh, okay, yeah. We just drove through Zion, but it was raining. It was raining so hard. You had like rocks falling everywhere. I was actually <laughs> super scared. So I'm happy that I was able to walk around and get out and do some hikes. Um, not have rocks fall on you. Not have rocks fall and not be caught in flash floods, which can be really dangerous in Zion National Park. People have passed away, unfortunately, from the flash flooding. One of the locals I was talking to, she she said that if the if flash floods hit, you are stuck in the park and you have to wait until the flood waters recede because it's that much water. And then you have to go up to the higher elevations. So just think if you don't have food, if you don't have, you know, first aid and things like that, you're pretty much gonna succumb to Zion, which is sad to think well, about. You know? Well, I mean, it's a pretty place to die, though. <laughs> it, I mean, there's always a silver lining, right? You're like, my, <laughs> my last days, I was looking over this beautiful cliff. <laughs> um, so in Zion, they do a really good job at uh, meeting every visitor at their comfort level. And so, what I mean by that, so they have their hikes, different hikes, and the hikes are categorized into easy, moderate, and strenuous, right? You know which one I did, Boo? I hope you did easy. <laughs> I did all of the easy ones, and there's a total of nine, or no, I'm sorry, one, two, three, four, five easy trails. So the Peru Trail, which is three and a half miles in, and well, round well, trip. So, Boo, did you bring the right shoes for these? Trips? I did. I did. Okay, good. I did. Yeah. Okay. So I did a, a little research prior to, to leaving because I didn't want to, you know, get there and like I'm not prepared to be all outdoorsy and things like that. So I had waterproof shoes. All and, right. Yeah. So waterproof hiking boots. And that well, I remember when you got the little waterproof. You do you do, do your research because I remember you got those waterproof socks for Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, I am not gonna be caught unprepared. Because <laughs> I take away from the experience, you know. Um, but the Peru Trail is three and a half miles round trip. It takes about two hours. It's all paved. And this trail is very nice because you can ride your bike on the trail. If you are in a wheelchair, it's wheelchair accessible, which is really good. And then all also, right. yeah, people can take their dogs. Then there's the Lower Emerald Pool Trail which this one is just 1.2 miles round trip and it's just one hour did that one 
and it leads the pools below middle emerald pools and upper emerald pools. So you have like these pretty emerald green waters that you see. And it's just, once you have a clear blue sky and then you look down and you see the emerald water, you just get an appreciation, you know, and then you hear the naturey sounds. <laughs> I was like in my little mood. I was in my element. I loved it. God just makes wondrous things. You know? Yeah, yeah. It definitely gives you a deeper appreciation for nature. And also, you're breathing fresh air. <laughs> yeah. But then it also makes me sad when I see things like that because I was like, oh, we as humans are just killing this stuff. <laughs> By visiting it. <laughs> yeah, that too. Like when people want to go visit the Galapagos Islands and they leave their trash there. You know, no. we're well, terrible. <laughs> I would, I will say that for Zion, I can't speak for all of the national parks, but the National Park Service is doing a really good job of keeping Zion clean and preserving it. Um, I also did the Grotto Trail, which is just one one mile. What's interesting is on the Grotto Trail. So I actually did this trail by myself because the person I was with wanted to do some bike riding, like mountain biking off the beaten path i was like i ain't doing that <laughs> that'd be a pass for me too it, it was a hard pass and what's funny is so i do not have an iphone i am a droid user and this person has an iphone and they're like i can't even share my location with you and i was like no have fun <laughs> like <laughs> be safe well and i could have rent, rented a bike but even if i did rent a bike i would want to stay on the paved trail I am not comfortable with going off-roading, off the trail. I'm not that adventurous. And I was actually told that on the trip. Like, you're adventurous, but not that adventurous. And I'm like, okay, that's a little shady. But at the same time, people go to Zion and really underestimate Mother Nature. And so, unfortunately, like I said before, people have lost their lives. So, um, I also did the Riverside Walk. And it's two and a half miles and it's one and a half miles round trip but this walk leads into the narrows and the narrows it's one of the most popular hikes for zion and so i know you've seen pictures of it boo you've seen people where they're in between two rocks it's like a uh -huh. narrow path i know what you're talking about and they're walking in water <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i've seen that and so I knew that I was not going to walk in water because that's just, that's not appealing to me. Um, but the Riverside Walk was really pretty. Um, you hear the streams. And the good thing about the Riverside Walk is you can stay on the pavement, but there's areas in the trail where you can see where people have walked off the trail. Uh -huh. And so you can walk literally close to the river, but you're still close enough to see people walking on the trail. So you don't feel like it's dangerous. For that day, there was no possibility of flash flood That's because good. they have these signs posted everywhere where it's flash floods, um, no possibility, probable, very likely, highly likely, right? So see, if look, if you're there were during very likely or even probable, <laughs> get out. that's on you. Yeah, I was like, I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> well, and unfortunately, so when I came, when we came back from Zion, um, a couple of days after, there was this article that came out about a married couple in their 30s. They went to go hike the Narrows. 
everybody wants the hikes and narrows, no problem, right? Only thing is they decided that they were going to do this overnight, which is another crazy thing about being in a national park overnight because they're open 24 hours, but you know, the park service and the park rangers, they have lives too. They go home, you know? Well, apparently the water level was at chest level when they hiked the narrows. It was in the teens, the temperature. And unfortunately, the lady, she passed away from hypothermia. Oh my goodness. But then that poses the thought, right? So you have your husband here. He survived. She passed away. I pray foul play did not happen. Isn't it just, Are you saying it's a lifetime drama boo? Um, it sounds like it. Murder at Zion <laughs> instead of Christmas at Zion. <laughs> Look, we got we got two scripts in the making. Yeah, right here we got right uh, both at Zion. We'll just shoot them at the same time simultaneously, <laughs> save some budget. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's it just it sounds kind of fishy, and it's unfortunate that you know she didn't survive. But you hear stories like that all the time of people going to Zion thinking that they're going to have a good time and some people don't return home. Well, then I, I don't, I don't want to speak for about this couple, but in general, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have respect for nature. Yeah. You know what I mean, and that's what gets you killed. Yeah. So, and that's, that's what happened in her case. And it's sad because it was, it's around the holidays. And so just to know that like your wife, you two went hiking and now she's no longer with us. Yeah. Um, well, R.I.P. I know. Uh, no. Lady hiker. <laughs> I don't know her name, but <laughs> I don't either. But um, but I will say that inside Zion, they have done a really good job of um it's more to do than just hiking, right? So there's campsites, there's a museum, there's a lodge, there's a gift shop, there's places to like sit and eat a packed lunch if you want. There's a free shuttle service that will pick you up at the bottom and then take you up to the top so you can take a scenic ride just to see everything um they also do a good job in terms of organizing so there's a couple of hikes that are really popular for zion one being the narrows you need a permit for that so you have to actually reserve your permit for the day that you want to go so it's not too packed because you want to be able to have a nice time while you're you're hiking and then um there's another hike that's popular that you need to permit for and i told my friend who i was with i am not doing that if you want to do it you <laughs> is can it strenuous back. it's in the strenuous category <laughs> and um it's scouts lookout via west rim trail but this is how you get to angel's landing and okay. angel's landing is a hike where you hold on to a chain rope so you're kind of like <laughs> walking on the side of a mountain i have what about that screams this is fun? That does not scream this is fun to me. Well, it's, not for you, boo. I know that. <laughs> it screams this is scary and I could potentially die right now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did not do that. But you also need a permit for um, Angel's Landing. But you saw a lot of people. Like if you looked up, you saw these little, if they looked like little ants, but you knew there were people. <laughs> Holding on to this rope, scaling the side of the mountain. There are a lot of adventurous people. Yeah. So, hey, Boo, do they warn you or give you any notices about potential dangerous wildlife? Is there anything like that in the park? 
So um, I did not see like a potential, like a sign saying danger, but you see signs with, you know, there's deer here, or you might see a mountain goat or something like that. But I seen a couple of deer and they just kind of look at you and if you don't bother them, they don't bother you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, deer are fine, but you know, I don't know if there's anything else, some predatory animals in the park. Maybe predatory animals will come out at night, but I wasn't in there at night. Because okay, <laughs> the freaks come out at night. Um, and there's all, a lot of different birds. So if you are a bird, bird watcher, watcher, yeah, there's that's something for you. Stargazing, they offer that. But like I said, once or those ornithologists are all up on that. <laughs> but once it was like 3 45, 4 o'clock, I was like, let's make our exit out of this park. <laughs> like Jeepers Creepers cousin might live in the park. <laughs> yeah, so I really, um, enjoyed my time in Zion. Again, if you're just looking to get out in nature, consider the national parks. And again, Zion offers something for everybody. So you don't have to be an experienced hiker if you want to go because there's a lot of paved trails. There's moderate trails if you are an experienced hiker. And then there's strenuous trails if you are experienced and looking for like a near-death experience. <laughs> well, even my parents, they, uh, that my parents who are older, they went on a tour and one of the stops uh, was a package tour and it was in Zion and mm -hmm. they appreciated the park and mm -hmm. the beauty of it. So, you know, like you said, it's something for everyone. And even again, where the theme today apparently is mature people have lives too. All <laughs> people know how to have fun. <laughs> well, because they don't, you know, if they're retired and they're secure, they don't have any worries. It's just like, my worry is like, uh, what am I going to eat today? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what a beautiful life, right? <laughs> Hopefully that's what we aspire to. We, I'm speaking it into existence. Yes, it's going to happen for us. <laughs> um, on the road trip back home, Boo, we listened to a style of music called I'm a Piano. Have you heard of that style of music? But you're not a piano, you're a cam. No, just like, no, a boo, I have never heard of that style music. So for our boo-boos out there and for you, boo, so I'm a piano is Zulu for the pianos. Because, you know, <laughs> we, we try to educate people. So it's a style of house music that emerged in South Africa in 2012. And it's a hybrid of deep house, jazz, and lounge music characterized by synths and wide percussive bass lines. So if you, if you hear it, you'll be like, I know I've heard this music before and it's taking over South Africa and it actually, I like it because you can move to it. It has like a nice sound. Um, I was invited to an Ama Piano show in LA. Okay. See, it's good to LA. <laughs> which I agreed to, right? Cause I was like, I'm listening to this music and I like it. I can move to it. Um, I was invited to see this DJ named Uncle Waffles, <laughs> right? And I'm like, this is- Was it Eddie Murphy in disguise? Because, <laughs> you know, he loves waffles. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was not. <laughs> She's actually a, a female DJ. That's cool. She was born in Swazi. And, but get this, she was born in 2000. Doesn't that just sound funny? So she a baby. <laughs> She's a big, she's 22, but she's so cute. Very cute. Um, my only 
pet peeve about this DJ show, right? So I go out to LA and I'm thinking, you know, we're going to go to the show. Maybe it starts at eight, maybe nine. Okay. Boo, tell me why the show did not start till 10 p.m. Uh, I, well, I mean, 10 is not so bad, but if you had an expectation that it would start earlier. Well, this was, okay, for context, this was a Sunday night. Oh, that makes a difference. With and <laughs> I'm usually in bed by 9 p.m. And so I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. So I'm trying to like get my mind like right because this is going to be a late night, right? But see, that's how you know you're mature is like when you have to kind of prep yourself for that. You're not spontaneous anymore. You're like, I need to know so I can prep myself. Well, take a nap. <laughs> Don't exert so much energy. I got to store the energy because I know I have to be the heights and everything but it had also been a long day because boo you know Sundays I go to church uh-huh. uh, I wake up early for Sunday school I have morning worship and then after church I drove out to LA so I was already tired by the time I got out to LA I was like you know I'm gonna go through I'm gonna try to be a, a good person you know I was invited we gonna have a good time get there and I'm I'm blanking on the name of the club but it was on sunset so one of those like small little clubs that they have there okay. um it was nice because you had to actually walk up the stairs to get to like the main level so I was like okay this is cute walk in all right there's room people aren't packed in because I watched a couple of I'm a piano videos on YouTube and there's just like people everywhere so I'm already (laughs) having like this preconceived like thought like oh my god it's gonna be so packed be people everywhere it wasn't like that at all so I was like okay this might be good after all there were two DJs that came on before Uncle Waffle oh no so she had a pre-show two pre-show DJs the first DJ was really good. Um, a Canadian, yeah, she's a girl from Canada, so Canadian DJ. She was good. She played good music, got the crowd hyped and stuff. Then another DJ came on. He reminded me of Little John. It was not Little John, <laughs> <laughs> but he had the dreads, he had the black glasses, and he was hyped and he's like, you know, doing call and response, crowd yelling things, he would yell things. He had like his bottle of champagne or whatever. And I'm looking at the clock, right? That's what I was just about to say, Boo, because now that there's two DJs and you start the show started at 10, Uncle Waffles hasn't even come out yet. So <laughs> what time is it now? This is midnight. This is midnight, Boo. Oh, my gosh. And when the second DJ comes out, people know that Uncle Waffles is going to be coming on soon. So it gets packed. Oh, no. And it gets more and more packed. And me, I'm thinking all it takes is one person to yell something or it takes one person to be like gun or, you know what I mean? And there was no metal detector. Yeah, there wasn't a metal detector when we walked in. So I'm just kind of thinking this is a fire hazard and this is how you know that I'm older, right? Because I'm thinking of everything that could go wrong. So the person I was with, I let him know that, you know what, I'm not staying here. I'm leaving and going on the outskirts because on the outskirts, you had a little bit more room to breathe. People were not touching you. And I forgot to add, Boo, that they were smoking weed. Smoking <laughs> weed, um, vaping, like every smoke you can think of, it was in oh there. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I can't do this with COVID, with cigarette smoke, with weed. Weed. I mean, no. 
So I'm sitting there. Uncle Waffles finally comes on stage around 1230. But then by this time, even where I was standing becomes crowded. People are bumping into me. It just was not enjoyable. So by 1245, I was like, I'm leaving. I'm taking a lift back to the hotel. If you want to stay here, I'll see you when you get back. If not, let's go. And so the person I was with did not want me to go to the hotel by myself. And I felt bad because I know that they really wanted to see Uncle Waffles. <laughs> and they were able to see her for all of 15 minutes. So what I said was, next time she's local, I will pay for him to go see Uncle Waffles, but by himself. By himself. I was like, I know you're not doing that again. <laughs> so, I mean, I I was happy to experience the culture. I was happy to hear some good music but I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if Uncle Waffles even if she would have been like the second DJ you know but the yeah. third DJ to come on and it's a Sunday night and I'm old well she's a star yeah maybe, maybe next time Uncle Waffle needs to offer a VIP section you can pay for and just seat, be seated away from all the madness right so and I started thinking I was like I have not been in like a club setting for it had been like three years now and that was a club setting for me and I didn't enjoy it yeah, so I'm more of like the jazz fest auntie <laughs> let's go to the well, jazz I, fest. I'm miserable just listening to your story <laughs> <laughs> I'm like let's go to the jazz fest it starts at noon and it's over by like nine right so I can get home and be in the bed by like midnight so because I can remember the days where the later you go out the better right yeah like, I mean that's our youth because I used like we were like, uh, when I used to go clubbing, like, well, we don't want to get to the club any sooner than 12 because nothing's happening before then. <laughs> and now you're like, excuse me? You're like, 12? <laughs> you're like, I, I want to be deep in sleep by midnight. Thank you. So Yeah, I mean, that's what happens with age. I know. But then again, she's 22. And I'm thinking most of her followers are of that same age or maybe in their late 20s but yeah I was you make me recall the time that I went to go see Dua Lipa before she got huge mm -hmm. and she did a concert in LA and my friend and I we stood in line and we we're the oldest people there and they were all because you know they <laughs> found out about her and all the young people found out about her first okay. and so it was literally high school and college kids and <laughs> us you're, you're like, how you doing? <laughs> and yeah, they're probably like, ew, they like Dua Lipa. Now that she just, now she's lost her coolness. <laughs> Old people like her. And you could tell too, because when I was there waiting for Uncle Waffles to come on stage, there was a, a box that, you know, people like stand up on to dance. Uh -huh. Well, I was sitting on the box. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the guys kind of looked at me like, you came here just to sit down and I'm just like, look, I'm old, <laughs> which I'm not even that old. But then again, at that point, I had been up for like two and a half, two hours at that they point. They don't know you. <laughs> Y'all could have it. I, I relinquish whatever you're trying to, you know, have fun. You can, I've, I've had my fun and I can still have fun, but just in different ways. Yes. And so. preferably before midnight. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, but yeah, that was my experience. Um, well, I'm glad that, you know, you, you found some positives out of it too, though. Oh, I did. I did. Because like I said, I was able to experience a different culture, a different style of music. And that 
type of music is is taking over South Africa and it's made its way to the States. So, and I'm hoping that Uncle Waffles comes back soon because I do feel bad that I ruined <laughs> that person's experience. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's, that's about it, boo. So, and I do want to say shout out to, um, I saw, because, you know, I'm always looking at our, our listeners. We have a new listener, listeners in Alger. That's oh, wow. another country in, in Africa. Africa. Yeah. So, Speaking of Uncle Waffle in Africa. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, listeners. And we're just, again, delighted and elated to be here and record for you. Yes. Anything else you want to say, Boo, before we get out of here? You know, real quickly, I just want to cover the topic of white elephant gift exchanges. I'm not taking too long on this. If you're going to have one, establish the rule about that, because some people go in thinking, oh, it's a joke gift exchange. Others take it seriously and bring a, actually really nice gifts. Yeah. So if you're one of those people who takes it seriously and bring this beautiful bath set and you leave with a clown figurine, you're not going to be happy for most likely. So, you know, if you're organizing a white elephant, make sure that everyone knows the rules of the elephant, whether the price rules are, if it's a fun one, serious one. You know, I participated in one recently and I got a bath bomb shaped like the poop emoji, which was fine, you know, and, but no one stated what the rules were. And I kept asking them, you should make, tell, make sure it's clear it's funny or not. And everyone had a mix of gifts. Um, but you know, I just want to warn you guys out there if you're organizing it, make it clear. <laughs> well, thank you for that PSA. And it's important though, because it is a holiday season and you're gonna have a lot of white elephant gift exchanges going on. So and that would alleviate some people getting upset. I know you 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 could care less, but yeah, not everyone, <laughs> not everyone's like that. So I mean, I did get an empty bag one white elephant <laughs> Christmas gift, so <laughs> Maybe next up, white elephant, you'd be like, I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> apparently white elephants are not. <laughs> Just get your own gift. You're like, I spoil my own self. Thank you. And thank so. you, boo. That's what, it, that's what it was. It was a PSA for y'all out there. <laughs> well, boo-boos, as always, be bougie. <laughs> and remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye. <laughs>